One thing that's true for all moms, we have a lot of stories to tell. Some are silly, some are gross, some bring us to tears. With each story that's shared, another mom feels a little less alone. So join us as we laugh, learn, and grow together. It's the I'm Mom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm Mom Podcast. I'm Abby with Susan and Megan and Chloe. And Chloe is telling this week's story. I almost forgot your name. I'm looking at you. I'm like, who is she? Who's that girl? Who is she? Uh, Which would be very helpful if you were wearing a name tag with a label on it today, Uh, Chloe. Love it. There, tossed it to you. (laughs) That's so good. Yes, we're talking about labels today. Um, So I'm just going to share a story from my childhood. Now, this may come as a shock to you guys who know me very well, but um, I was a rather chatty kid. Um, When I was in school, I had a lot of energy and was often animated at times when I should not have been, and it annoyed my teachers. Um, But because I was so energetic, my fourth grade teacher gave me a nickname that's actually considered offensive by um, the disabled community now, Um, but in 2004, she gave me the nickname of Spaz, Um, and she called me this in lieu of my name. And eventually the kids in my class started calling me that. And like it just, if you raised your hand, she would acknowledge you as spaz. Wait, yeah. what grade was this? Fourth. Too Ooh. young. Yeah, it was too much. And then the kids all called me that. And it was just so weird because like literally that was like her little nickname for me. But it was just not funny or like have any semblance to my name whatsoever. It was, yeah, associated with a behavior. Um, but some of the kids in my class, because we're in the fourth grade, would take this way too far and they would you know, get really close to my face and try and scare me. So I'd have like an outburst or a reaction. And then they'd like call me the name. And it just, you know, they're kids. They were looking for opportunities to call it out. Um, And it just, it really bothered me. And um, I ended up having this teacher for a few subjects in the fifth grade and the sixth grade too. So it just kind of kept going on and on. Um, And I spent those years and the years after just really kind of feeling like I was really annoying and, like, too energetic and had, like, a lot of just, I guess, just too much for my teachers and my classmates. And um, I didn't didn't really do anything to change the behavior because, really, I was at times disrespectful by being too talkative and too animated in class – And I don't think she addressed the behavior. All she did was really kind of make me identify with it in a way where I felt like it was who I was. Um, So it didn't help me in that regard. Um, But I just wish her, like she as my teacher would have isolated the behavior from who I was because I was not a bad kid for having too much energy. I was a great kid and, um, you know, a good student, a hard worker. I was a good friend. And there were all these things that were, um, you know, separate from that. But I think looking back, she could have helped me use my energy for good and not, you know, give me this label that made me insecure. And did she give a name to anybody else? You know, I don't remember, but I I will say um, my parents <laughs> always had the kind of mindset of like, what did you do with me when I would come home being like, my teacher's blah, blah, blah. Well, okay, well, what are you doing? This was one teacher where my mom was like, what is she doing? Because mm-hmm. like she was really she she picked on me, which mm-hmm. was just yeah. kind of weird. Well, your story just kind of hit on so many of the things that I wanted to talk about today. So, um, Susan and Megan, did you guys have any labels put on you as a kid, either by your own you remember, mother, Susan, Megan? Of course, not my bad memory. Do you remember if I ever? Is it I a don't. bad memory, or do you just not want to call out your mom <laughs> in front of her? I don't recall. 
Well, no, no, I'm trying to think, like, did anyone call me anything that I was upset about ever? I don't remember. I remember kids in my neighborhood calling me freckles. Mm -hmm. Oh. But, yeah, that's all I remember, too. I know, like I've told you guys before, that um, I had the nickname Krabby Abby, which... It. I mean, I guess there's a fine line between between a nickname and a label, you know. But it was you're crabby, and you're gonna. She's gonna cry, you know. Or Chloe, you got drama queen. Yeah. Maybe you got girly girl, or shy, or wild child, or not a math person, or goody goody, or just you're just like your mom. I mean, these labels that we kind of carry with us. If you could have given yourself a label, Megan, what would that have been? Positive or negative? If, well, something <laughs> you could have given yourself. So I'm hoping it would be positive. Oh, gosh. One that maybe would have helped you, um, I don't know, just grow into a a good adult, even better than you are. Mm-hmm. Like, what is I it? Know. I feel like my, I do feel like I never, um, I feel like I was kind of actually naive to, you know, any, Thing I did that was weird or anything like that because I think my parents actually did a really good job affirming me and like telling me different things I was good at um and so I feel like I never you know like I said felt like I was weird or anything like that now granted I I do remember there were you know I was I was not a, <laughs> an attractive middle schooler I was a little bit chunky um and so like you know I don't know if you guys I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast but I won a pizza eating contest when I was in oh we've talked about it (laughs) (laughs) I I thought we had um but anywho like I genuinely did not think there was anything weird or wrong with that there's not you know well (laughs) probably not good that like a fourth grader can eat a whole large pizza but (laughs) I'm impressed. I mean, and like the doctor said, I was overweight. So, I mean, there was definitely things that were wrong, but to, I was, I think my parents did such a good, good job affirming me in other areas that I didn't even really notice that. Yeah. Um, and so, we had to get really know. creative with our clothes. <laughs> and hide the pizza. <laughs> right. Now, I I was always insecure in that, like, I was real. this is kind of a dumb insecure, but I was insecurity, but I was really bad at math. Like, mm. I just always struggled with it. And I had this very harsh teacher. I think that was part of the problem was she really scared me. She actually, I would actually be scared of her to this day if I saw her. But um, so, and I just really struggled with it. And I felt bad because I'd have to ask a lot of questions. And then I wanted, I didn't want to keep asking questions because I was embarrassed and I felt stupid. And so I just kind of stopped asking questions, but I just really struggled all the time. And I would ask friends, but then I could tell they were getting annoyed. So um, I did feel, you know, not great about, about that. So what's the difference between, describing a kid and labeling a child because it I mean I'm bad at math he's 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 not good at math okay are you labeling or are you he's so sporty she's super smart he's sensitive like what's the difference between describing a child and putting a label on a child I'm probably bad at this I think and I'm going to talk about when your own kids Mm -hmm. like I do remember thinking oh she's the creative one Mm. and um she's the compliant one and um now I used to always tell myself with my three originals not 
before we adopted because that was much later you know Megan was my pride Emily was my joy and Marky was my love Hmm. so you know and it was just really because Megan always was did everything right like she was a pleaser Emily made me laugh and she did she's just funny and then Marky was just my boy and you Mm -hmm. fall in love with your little boys Mm -hmm. that's what you do Mm -hmm. so I don't know but I do think I did kind of label their personalities I like to study personalities so I probably didn't do it out loud to them but I did think of them in my head in certain ways and I think that can be a wrong thing to do sometimes because you miss some of your some things that may develop in your Mm -hmm. child because in your head you think they're one way right right I feel like uh, most moms do that why do we like to like figure you know it's almost like personality typing our children or whatever like we want to be able to put them in like this little descriptive box i think it's i think it's natural i mean the bible says train up a child in the way they should go and so we're always thinking where are they going where are they mm-hmm. going you know you, you want to get them from from infant to responsible adult and that means you know you're constantly thinking oh they're good at that maybe they should do that more and oh they're not good at that maybe we should (laughs) find either make that stronger or step away from that yeah so here are some reasons I want to give you some reasons to to not label kids and then ask a question so one reason to stop labeling kids is that labeling our child's character behavior or appearances that impacts a lot about how we interact with them it changes how we view them discipline or treat them. For example, um, this child is a, quote, difficult child. That means that when he acts out, he that's just who he is versus, well, why is he behaving that way? You know, when your good kid, quote, when one of your good kids acts out, you go, well, what's gotten into her? You know, so like, have you ever acted differently toward a child who the parents label? Do you feel like you've ever acted differently when you kind of expected something, a behavior out of a, a child? Does that question make sense? A little bit. Tell me if this this kind of talks about what you're saying. So one of my boys is very quiet and an introvert. Um, and he just takes direction. He would just take directions in school and, and execute. But he has, you know, what do you call that face that has no reaction? So like stoic. Some of. teachers, I, I his... Uh, parent-teacher conferences were fascinating because I'd be like, what do you mean? Um, some teachers would totally get him and just loved that he just executed BAM and was done. Other teachers would say, I feel like he's not engaged. I feel like he doesn't care. And I'd look at his grades and I'd be like, well, he's doing everything. What are you talking about? But it's the way they read him. They labeled him as that. They thought of him and they were totally missing. But it also taught me I'm totally missing. Does he not really care? Or what kind of attitude is he giving off? Is this particular to the teacher? Or are they misreading him? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I know that like I've acted that way toward my nephew, who's a little bit more... um, he's a little bit more rebellious. He's very physically active. You know, like if if there is a higher surface, he will be up on it somehow, you know. And so I'm always anticipating that that's what he's going to do. And we're all, I think we're all just like kind of quick to to respond and not give him that room to be free and to, you know, kind of explore things because we're like, oh, he's going to break a rule. He's going to break a rule. Yeah. Or not assume that it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like with my son, they assumed because he was not, he was more stone faced that he didn't care when he really did care, but it was his face. And, and, you know, if a child's a climber and they're a climber, you think that's bad because it's dangerous. But in fact, it may be something that they're yeah. just naturally driven to. 
And how do you know if you're helping your child become aware of a quality of theirs, the difference between that and labeling? Because I think it's important as parents, like I think my parents did a good job of calling out things they saw in me, whether it was like a positive thing or a negative thing. Hey, you need to watch out for this. You can kind of fall into this thing and, and people might receive it as this, you know, and, and it not being part of, it didn't become part of my identity. It just became something I w- wanted to be aware of. How, how do you know the difference between a label mm-hmm. and then calling out a behavior? Right. I guess if it's inherently wrong, you have to train train it out. I remember with Megan, with that math teacher, she did end up like you, Chloe, having that math teacher all throughout middle school. <laughs> she just kept getting her. And uh, it was a small school. And I remember it got to the point where uh, this teacher often like called people, like called on them. She didn't wait for you to raise her hand. Uh-huh. And Megan was having full-blown like panic attacks um, when the teacher called on her because even though she knew the answer, she would she would panic. So we talked about, hey, you're not going to have her next year for sure. Uh-huh. You're going to high school. And you just have to think about how can I answer or not be embarrassed if you have to say, I don't know, and don't care because this is what this teacher does. You're not the only one in the room that this happens to. Uh-huh. Um, well, and she would almost kind of like embarrass you and make you yeah. feel dumb if you didn't know the answer. She'd be like, how do you not know this? We just went over this or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I would get even more flustered because I just I truly wasn't good at, at math. I still don't think I'm good at math. Maybe it's a label that I've just grown into or maybe I just really wasn't good at math. But it was it, I would start to get anxious because she would almost kind of embarrass you in front of everyone if you didn't. Isn't it so funny, too, because, Megan, I was the same way. Go figure, like, marketing girlies who were bad at math. Uh, I saw this TikTok that was like— Excuse me. I'm a marketing girly, and I love math. You are a unique, like, unlike any other person. But I saw this TikTok that was like, all marketing girlies start out as a girl crying at the kitchen table because she can't do her math homework. That's right. Like, in the digital world, you gotta you gotta know your math. But, but I do remember, yeah, Chloe, which is funny because think about how much you deal with it now with all these. Apps. I know, but I have good. I have like uh, Microsoft uh, Sheets, Excel, and all that. That does it for me. Um, but I will say, like, I have had math teachers who were incredible with me. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember one, Miss Rudisil. Like, my mom, she had she tells this story all the time. She went and talked to her and she said, "Hey." Chloe, at the beginning of the year, Chloe really struggles at math. She may need to come in early, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, at the end of the year, she's like, I know Chloe had a hard time with math, but I saw her connect with all the students. Like, she was calling out gifts she saw on me, even though I struggled with math. Well, and I think the difference was this teacher, Megan labeled herself because of what happened. Oh, yeah. She kept saying, I'm just bad at math. Yeah. No, not necessarily. Yeah. It's your, your, you don't love being put on the spot. Yeah, it's just, it's so funny how the labels can take a situation where you're like, okay, this is um, an opportunity to learn resiliency and and learn a lesson, but labels can really prevent that from happening Mm -hmm. because it just attacks at our self-confidence so much. Well, and like you said in your story, a label can make it hard for a child to change a negative behavior because they take it on as who they are. And it's a lot easier to, to change a behavior than change a identity. And so you're like, oh, well, I am not a math person versus math is something that I really have to work hard to do. And I I struggle with it a little bit. You know, they're two different languages. Because what comes out of the second is I'm a hard worker. Right. Right. I think the other thing that's hard is I think labels come from 
places where you have repetitive interaction, mm-hmm. family, school, no. you know, because it, it takes a while for them to stick. And that's the mm-hmm. problem is then it, it is in your head yeah. every time you go there, every mm-hmm. time you're with the family or every time you're at school. Well, you and hear. you're like, this person knows me because mm-hmm. they are around me all the time. They know me and they say, she says I'm a spaz, so I must be a spaz, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then even the positive labels can limit potential. And that's really tricky because you want really badly to say something, like build up your child in like positive ways. You go, oh, he's, he's a smarty pants or he's our little engineer or she's... Um, whatever the the label is, but it kind of, it limits potential because then the child is like, well, this is, I'm, this is my thing. And so maybe this is what I meant to do. And so can I try something else? Or what if I turns out that I'm not good at that? Like, what if I end up failing? Then what am I, if I'm not my mom's engineer anymore? You know, what if I decide I want to do something different? So I think that you know, Chloe, you asked a question a moment ago about, um, you know, it was like kind of a complicated question, like a big picture question. And I think it comes down to the language that, that we use all the time around our children, you know, like when we when we praise them, do we praise who they are or do we praise the work that they put in? You know, is is their, their good act, is it about their identity or is it about, you know what, you worked really hard to make that happen or that project was tough and you stuck with it or you practiced every day and I'm so glad that you you made the team versus you're so smart, you're, you're, you're an all-star baseball player. You know, yeah. it's like when you talk, when you use language that, that disassociates the the product from the child, yeah. I think that you are not running the risk of them identifying themselves as that thing. Because you, know you what can I'm always praise the effort, whether the result mm-hmm. is right. what was wanted or not. Right, mm-hmm. right. And their self-worth and their self-identity, I mean, that is something from the very beginning that we can't tie in with the product. It yeah. has to be you know, you were made in the image and likeness of God and nothing can take that away from you, no matter your grades, your your status on the basketball team, yeah. anything like that. That's good. Um, I went to BSF for years when my kids were growing up and it's Bible study fellowship and uh, I was a leader for for a discussion group, but I never was a children's leader, but we we would get pulled some in sometimes because they always needed extra help. And they trained the children's leaders and the volunteers you never compliment when the children come in the room, you never compliment the way they look. Mm-hmm. You always compliment something about their character. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, I love the way you're smiling or you got ready for our story time so quickly. Yeah. You know, it was always that's that. hard. That's a habit it's that's hard. hard to break. It's it mm-hmm. you really have to look for better than saying, Oh, I love your hair bow. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, what a cute dress. That's yeah. Good. No. Mm-hmm. Really good. So let's leave some moms with ways to avoid labeling. Um, one of them, like we were just saying, praise the effort. Another is to remember there's always two sides to every story. You know, a shy child might also be a child who is aware of their environment and looks around to notice the environment. An over-talkative kid can be someone who's not afraid to express their opinions. So, you know, when you label, you're ignoring what the other side of the story might be. Mm. Another thing is to ask yourself if you have labeled your child in your mind and how that might be affecting your relationship. You know, do you see um, one of your kids as lazy and then you're looking around to see him laying on the couch versus Mm. seeing him taking out the trash without being asked? Mm. Um, you might also jump to conclusions when you when you label a kid in your head. 
Um, and so, I, yeah, final question then for you guys. What is the reward? This is kind of a, a big lesson. What's the reward or the payoff when we avoid labeling our kids? What do you think? Because I think it's a gift that we give them. What do you think is the gift that we give our kids when we avoid labeling them? I think they can they can learn to set their own path and set their own course free of labels. You know, they can, they don't have that in the back of their mind that they either need to fulfill something that you were proud of them for, or that they need to shake off something that someone else called them. You know, Mm -hmm. they can just push forward and create their own path. And if it doesn't work out, they can change because they don't have that label. I think also it gives them time because um, kids just grow emotionally, mentally, and physically at different rates. And a a lazy child might be lazy because they're tired and they're in a growth spurt and Mm -hmm. give them time to catch up. Or a child that's not smart in math may have a mental growth spurt and it all clicks or they go into a different kind of math like geometry and then they love that. So I think just to give them time because they're just half-baked. You don't know what they're going to (laughs) be. You don't know what, you know, you don't really know. I, I like everything you guys said. I think, yeah. And just uh, self-worth, confidence, and assurance. Yeah, it gives them the ability to just know that you love them because of because they're your kid, not yeah. for any other reason. Yeah. All right, interact with us on Instagram or imom.com. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the iMom podcast. iMom is the motherhood program of the nonprofit organization Family First. Along with our fatherhood program, All Pro Dad, we exist to help you love your family well. Subscribe to our daily email, the iMom Minute, by going to imom.com slash subscribe and get tons of great ideas, insight, and inspiration. The iMom podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal.